0: Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life to help other women with their motherhood journeys or their work-life balance journeys so they can let go and make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. So if you're a regular listener to One of a Kind, you welcome back. I'm excited you decided to listen to another episode. But if you are a new listener, welcome. We're equally excited to have you here as well. The way this podcast typically works is that I read a journal entry of mine from about five or six years ago when I was in the thick of the struggle. And I reflect on what I know now as a certified life coach and what I wish I knew then. But today we're in for a treat. We have Genesis with us. And she is a, a visionary life coach. She's a motivational speaker and she's an author, but she's also a mom-to-be. And so um, we were just having a lovely chat about motherhood and labor and delivery and nursing and formula and all these things before we hit record. Um, so we might talk more about that, but we're also gonna definitely talk about the visionary aspect of um, Genesis's life coach work because that's super important. And she and I have a similar philosophy. So. Um, So thank you so much, Genesis, for joining us. We're so excited to have you here on One of a Kind You.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Kim. And I really enjoyed our behind the scenes talk. So audience, you're in for a treat because what you see is what you get. I tell people I am multifaceted and multidimensional, was not born in a box. So don't place me in a box because I am popping prepared on purpose. I love it. Oh my God. I love it. Pop
0: in. Prepared on purpose. Like, okay, I'm totally like channel my inner genesis next time like pop in. <laughs> so babies do at the end of August. So like before- no. Not the end of August, beginning oh, of August. Beginning of August. <laughs> she was like, don't keep this baby in me any longer than I have to. She's in Texas. It's hot as hell. And she was like, I love being pregnant, but I'm also hot. So like, I'm ready for this little bundle of joy to be in the world. Yeah. And she just kicked on that. <laughs> she was like, and I'm ready to come into this world too, but not until it's actually my turn. Yeah, that's so sweet. So we were chatting about all the things like that most moms don't ever have the opportunity to chat about like butts hurting from from the added weight and pressure of a baby growing inside of you and milk coming earlier than expected and uh, epidural versus no epidural and nursing versus not nursing and man. So like, I just said to Genesis, you do whatever works for you and don't hang on to someone. Oh, and doula versus no doula. I didn't have a doula. My husband was like, you're not getting a push present because it's your job to push the baby out. Like <laughs> yes. push present? Uh, no, he was like, your baby is your push present. I was like, what? Like my body has stretch marks. Now my lady parts are not the same. I think I deserve a push present. So now anytime, like uh, so we just bought a house in October. It was like push present. I'm like, uh, no, like <laughs> so anytime he's like, is that the push present? And my kids are almost 13 and 10. I'm like, you big dork. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm still waiting on my other band. Cause like, uh, my wedding rings have uh, like one, we had to get the wedding band custom made. And so like, I want the other one for the other side of the ring. And he's like, you don't need that. Like, of course he's just joking, but I'm like 14 years. I'm like for the 15th wedding anniversary, I better get
1: this push present of a ring buddy. <laughs> oh my God. I'm not even wearing mine right now. Cause I would, I would show you because I took pictures of the two rings side by side, the engagement ring versus the ring I actually got on the wedding day. And I was like, I deserve to shine bright, like a diamond. And I said, Riri said it best shine bright, like a diamond. And I yes. said, I need something that shines bright so I can see it. So it can sparkle. <laughs> right? It's like the small
0: things. And so and I joke, and I'm like, oh, because like your body still looks the same. Like nothing about your body has changed, sir. Like my body has changed. Um, and so he's like, Oh, you still look beautiful. I'm like, Yeah, good answer. Good
1: answer, my friend. <laughs> And I think they said the push present is something new because I had no idea what a push present was until I went to Lululemon with my sister and she just had to have these particular shorts plus get them hem. And I was like, oh, those are so nice. And she was going to buy me a pair and I was like, oh, Brittany, they will be so great. And when I tried them on, I was like, low key upset because they felt so comfortable. But Lululemon does not have a maternity line. But they have a line for men now. And now they're dropping shoes. And I was like, your avatar is X, Y, and Z. So I told the lady, the the manager, and I was like, I so wish y'all had like some uh, maternity pants since y'all have nail wear or whatnot. But I was like, neither here or there. And then she told me, oh, well, um, what are you getting for a push gift? And I was like, a push gift? What is that? And when I told my husband, he said the same thing your husband said. He's like, he's like, I got you a gift. And I was like, what? The gift of life. That's the best gift you can get. And I I said, we didn't make, I didn't make the baby by myself, but I will be doing the majority of the work as she goes through me. And I was like, even though I didn't have like, you know, other Um, stretch marks, how some women get them on their legs and et cetera. But I was like, I feel like the tiger marks on like my behind. And I was like, I do like that my behind got a little bigger or my, or my um, jugs got a little bit bigger. That's an added bonus because certain shirts you wear, like you could kind of, they fill out more, but I was like, that's besides the point. And I said, I haven't been able to go to hit high intensity interval training and workout I haven't been able to go to Zumba and workout and I haven't been able to do certain things but I was like it's trade-offs and I was like a push gift babe some people get cars I'm not asking Life. for a car right I was like some people get these extravagant gifts yeah. I said I just want something simple, like maybe some new um, gold earrings, some bigger hoops, or maybe a nice piece of jewelry, or something like that. He's like, "When's the last time you wore jewelry when you when you stay at home and you work from home <laughs> doing the podcast?" And I said, "I want to look look good on camera or whatnot." Right. And I just come up with different things. And I was like, it's the little things that matter. Or flowers, you know, when you're dating, like they do all this stuff for you when you're dating. And then when you get married, the stuff stops. And I was like, no, you're still supposed to date during your marriage which we still have date nights but I was like you still bring me flowers he's like yeah because you always let them die so it's like money going down the drain but I was like the roses are still nice to smell <laughs> yeah
0: and it's like uh they the flowers are cut anyways regardless of how often they get watered like they're not immortal they're gonna die eventually whether I water them or not so try again <laughs> new explanation
1: Um, And I was like, and then I repurpose them sometimes just for sustainability. You can take the petals and you can put them in your bubble bath, light some candles and kind of have your little me time with some music going on in there. But then you don't want to do it with dry, dry, dry roses. You want to do them with like semi dry roses so you can repurpose them. So I was like, I tried to stretch them, but they...
0: Oh my gosh. Right. It's like, and these are the things, these are the conversations. So, um, so you mentioned doula or no doula. So doulas were not a thing when I had kids 13 and 10 years ago. And uh, so like, I didn't even know like what a doula was. So it was like either a hospital birth or a home birth or like a birthing center. Uh, but I heard, heard such horror stories of home births and birthing centers that I was like hospital all the way. Um, but when I lived in New Hampshire, I had Lily and I hadn't done yoga, but my hip was hurting so bad that I was like, uh, you know, had heard of prenatal yoga. So I went and the ladies there were far more um holistic and in touch with uh natural, like holistic or um like a natural naturopath perspective. So like one of the moms is like, oh yeah, my kid's just going to run around in diaper and bare feet all the time. Like when they start walking, she's like, cause it's bad for their feet to have shoes. And I was like, oh, how did, like, I didn't know that. Like I shouldn't put shoes on my baby's feet and which is not true. And so they were like going to do hypnobirthing. And that was like completely out there. I was like Mm -hmm. hypnobirthing. They're like, but you can't do it because when you're in the hip, like you can only do it at the hospital or the birthing center, because you can actually, if you envision a lotus flower opening, like you can actually send yourself into an early labor by opening your own cervix. And I was like, yep. Not doing that one because I am not going into an, a, an early labor. So and then I did um prenatal water aerobics with Lily to help ease the pressure on my hips. And the ladies there were having the same conversation about hypnobirthing and lotuses opening and and cervixes opening. And I was like, okay, I'm way out of my league here. So I think I'll just stick to what I know. And that's giving birth in a hospital and putting shoes on babies' feet when there's you know, like the little walking shoes that. So I was like, Oh my gosh. So then, you know, coming to Delaware, I didn't do like the breath work class. There was no, I didn't know about any prenatal yoga classes around or water or prenatal water aerobic. So I didn't know about hypno, like there was no hypnobirthing here, no talk of doulas, nothing like that. So it's just, it's interesting how like there are trends that come along in pregnancy and motherhood and like, moms with older kids don't know about the things that like now, like you're a new mom and there's like things, new trends for you to try and navigate like doulas and things.
1: (laughs) Yes. And they were saying, um, the benefits of some of the new trends is that, they help you with like acupressure. Um, They'll use maybe essential oils that you could breathe in that, you know, kind of calms you down. So lessens anxiety and different stuff like that. But then people don't know that doulas could be very expensive. And then now that we're still in the pandemic, certain hospitals um, only allow you to have, you know, a certain number of people. So if it's you and then the other person is your spouse, the doula will be another person. So it's either do you want a doula or do you want your spouse? And you know, that, that's a hard decision to make. Like I want, I, I do want the help, but I, of course I want my my husband to be there too. Like we made the baby together. I want him to cut the umbilical cord and et cetera. So there's a lot of complexity in this new normal. And then also whenever you're starting your pregnancy journey from like a visionary uh, perspective, it's like you envision it a certain way, but sometimes that vision does get skewed and it's okay to like kind of, you know, introduce new, new things. But from a holistic and visionary perspective, if you feel so strongly in something, you should carry that out and not be swayed by the external factors that other people are giving you. Because at the end of the day, it's your personal journey and it's your body. And everyone has a, has their own body and they react to things differently, whether it's medications or et cetera. You yep. could appreciate the advice and take it as feedback, but then still do what's best for you, your child and your your body as it's going through the labor and delivery process Mm -hmm. but always listen to that still small voice and that gut instinct because I feel like it will never steer you away
0: yeah I love it absolutely and I think that doesn't go just with a birthing journey but Mm -hmm. also just like as a womanhood journey so um okay so let's shift gears a little bit and um let's talk so how did you get into life coaching
1: So I actually fell into it. So after I got laid off from oil and gas, in February of 2021 was like the last day on like paper, but I found out one week after my dad passed. So my dad passed November 25th, 2020 from medical negligence. Mm-hmm. They called me and told me a week later, then forced me to work up until February because I was working on a proprietary project um, for polyethylene, which is plastics. And they said, if you don't work until February to offboard to someone else, then you won't get a severance package, dot, dot, dot that. Um, so there were people that were already reaching out to me for the DEI work that I was doing. So diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And one lady was in higher education. She's like, I really resonate with the content that you're putting out there. Um, do you coach? And I was like, no, not really, but I can, I can help you because before I was just, helping people for free. But, and I was seeing the results because at the time I was making good money in oil and gas. And I was like, okay, this is my way to get back. But when that source of income dried up, I was like, oh, I need to do something. And that led me to coaching. And I was really good at it. And some people are like, well, you kind of coach on your podcast because you challenge people, you give different advice and stuff, and you have so many diverse people on your podcast. That's a form of coaching in itself. And mm-hmm. I was like, Hmm, interesting. So that's kind of like the condensed version of me getting into coaching. And then the reason why I focused on visionary coaching is because each one of us was uniquely created for a purpose and we have a vision and that vision is tied to your personal purpose, why you were created to be on earth and what type of imprint do you want to make in order for it to drive an impact? And when you're driving an impact, it's not just for you, but it's about the people that are connected to you. It's about about the legacy that you're trying to build, the foundation that you're trying to build, and what are you doing for future generations to come to pave the way. So you start with the end in mind and you reverse engineer it back in order for you to take actions that will allow you to navigate your path. Mm -hmm. Yes,
0: I love it. And the biggest thing that you said, even with uh, like motherhood journey, which is, I think, super important. It's something that Um, I try to instill in my girls as well and keep in a huge reminder for myself because it was the one thing that I learned about, you know, my journey, going through therapy and working with a life coach before coming one is that, and I see it with my clients too, is
1: that always that need for the external validation yes absolutely and then whenever i think about the external oops sorry the external validation it's like if you keep seeking validation and appeasement from other people you're going to die by their rejection because they're projecting onto you what has worked for them and just because it has worked for for them it may or may not work for you and that's okay because you don't know what the rest of the back end story is unless you really take the time to go beyond the surface level with them and really connect to their, their core values and their missions and et cetera. But we can take information that they give us and see where the similarities lie and how we can add it. But then once you add it and if it doesn't work, then don't just say oh my gosh this didn't work like just see how you could make that a lesson learned and grow from it and then continue to keep on going but some people just stop at the fact that it didn't work and they feel like it's them when in actuality it may not have been the right modality for you to use during that season or that certain situation and that's okay but having a conversation about it and that open dialogue and just getting real and honest definitely goes a long way.
0: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, can be uh, like a trap that so often we fall into is like, well, I tried and it didn't work. So, so now what? And so then we go to the next external source and it's like this, it's this pattern that continues over and over and over. And so I did it so often Um, especially in therapy, the therapist was like, okay, uh, you run a pattern of codependency. Then I was like, well, I don't know what that is. So then I went to Google and then I went to the library and I got all the books I could find on codependency and I read them and I took notes and then, but nothing was changing. I was like, well, that's just because, you know, this didn't work and I'll, I'll always be this. I'll always be codependent. And then she was like, well, did you know you're anxious? It was like, nope, didn't know that. So then I did the whole thing all over again. I went to Google, I went to the library, I read the books, I took the notes and it was like, okay, I'm still codependent and now I'm anxious. And so it was like, every time this thing, like then the next label came along and I did the same thing again. It was like Google books, notes, and it's still not working. And it was because I was looking so far outside of myself instead of listening to that still small voice (laughs) to give me the the guidance or the direction or the reassurance um, in all of that and relying on her too to say like, oh my gosh, well, she said I'm this. So, and it's not working. So let me see what else she has to say. And, and hanging on that instead of, you know, it was like this relationship of dependency with, with coaching, we foster a more relationship of independence so that you take the tools, you take the lessons and you don't have to rely on someone every single week to give you the answers that you need. We guide you to figure out how to do it for yourself.
1: Absolutely. And so I call it the hamster wheel syndrome, because what you um, just discussed, Describe it's like rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And it's kind of like, if you imagine a hamster going on the wheel, they're going and going and going in a circle, in a circle, in a circle with no end in mind. But from a coaching aspect, I see it as a partnership. Even though you pay me to be a coach, we're going to do it as a partnership. I'm giving you the necessary tools and resources, but it is up to you to take action and apply the tools and resources as a form of application. And then I. I also want to open dialogue. If it doesn't work, just say, Hey, Genesis, I'm struggling in this area. I don't think this is working. Can we go back to square one? Where we'll go back to the root cause and we'll. Analyze certain things because maybe it is a mindset. Maybe it is a paradigm or something that is causing you to feel like you can't fully apply what I have given you. So I need to know, do you have some mental blocks? Is it the environment that you're in? Whether it's the external environment or the internal environment, because if you're not getting real and honest internally, you're not going to be able to materialize it externally. And that's very important because our mind is connected to our body, our body is connected to our soul. And that's how we have total alignment in order for those um, synergies to really take place. And kind of like when you hear people say, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. They all need to work together in order for you to have that optimal result that you desire. So that's one way I like to do it. And I tell people, yes, I'm a firecracker and the mindset hacker, but I put both of them together in order to get you those bomb ass results. (laughs) Because I was like... I want, like, I sometimes I'm just funny and I tell people I like to blow up sometimes. And I said, so my personal explosive is TNT transition plus transformation is my TNT. So I I need you to figure out what your TNT is so you could blow up your life in a holistic way that is conducive to have that longevity as well as that sustainability. Mm -hmm. Because it's not just going to happen overnight, but we're making progress. And then as we're making progress, then we're going to perfect it and fine tune it later on. But it first has to start by taking those, those baby steps. Kind of like when a baby is first learning to um, walk, the baby has to crawl first before the baby walks. So similar whenever you're going through personal growth and development. So I hope that helps.
0: Yes. And so, and I think that's the key too, is like, if we don't get to the root cause, cause that's like, if you're not getting to the root cause, it's not going to last long. It's not going to feel, it's going to just be a mess. And you might get that like short, um, like the short-term results, but not the long-term results. Mm-hmm. And so I love it. And so, um, there have been so like, even though we spent a, uh, a lot of time talking like pre-mom stuff, um, I think it all relates back because we like in our motherhood journey, We get stuck on looking for the external validation of like being a good mom, being a good person, being a good wife, spouse, partner, woman, all of those things. And we lose sight of A, why we're doing it. And when we get into the, the bumps, we don't look at the root cause of where the bumps are coming from.
1: Absolutely. And I feel like sometimes we put more pressure on ourselves and we're not giving ourselves that grace and mercy because we're so conditioned by these external factors. Like we're trying to keep up with the Joneses or we're trying to do what our in-laws or what our friends are saying when in actuality they're running in their own lane. But if you get laser clear and focus on the finish line and realize that it's up ahead and it's your personal journey, then it helps you stay in your own lane. So you're not gonna get disqualified if you're running that sprint or marathon, but you're too busy looking to the left or looking to the right, that you veer out of your own lane and then your form is slowed down and et cetera. So I always tell people, give yourself grace and mercy and know that even though you may not be where you want to be currently, that does not mean you're not going to get there. That just means we need to ramp things up. That just means we need to interject a new modality. That just means that we need to, you know, really buckle down and hunker down and really ask ourselves some of those honest questions and be receptive of getting an an honest answer and know that It's not always going to happen like that, Mm -hmm. but as long as you put in the work, it's going to come. So be patient. And sometimes I think we want things so quick because we live in this microwave society where everyone just wants to put something in, hit 30 seconds and be done. What happened to the slow cooker days where you put it in the slow pot and everything kind of just simmers and marinates and you have that good good um, flavor, the aroma and et cetera. I was like, we have gotten conditioned based on societal norms. And I think that is setting people up for the detriment. And a lot of people are struggling with imposter syndrome or they're trying to find out their identity. And I think all of that, um, if I'm looking at it from a holistic standpoint, it stems back to childhood because in school growing up, people always ask, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? But they never take time to ask, who do you want to be? And the who is tied to your morals, your values, your characteristics, and et cetera. Whereas the what is a form of definement that is keeping you confined because it's placing you in a box. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And we don't even use the slow cooker anymore. We use an Instapot. Yes. <laughs> it takes a fraction of a time ta- of the time of a slow cooker. So it's like no more four hours in a slow cooker. You do it in 30 minutes in an Instapot. So it's like everywhere we look, it's like instant, instant, instant. And yes. And that doesn't allow us to focus on the who. It keeps us focused on the what. And so, um, so many like good golden nuggets and it's apl- applicable to motherhood, you know, work-life balance, like uh, so many aspects of life, not just, um, like being a mom, but if anyone has a question for you, Genesis, or, um, wants more information, or just wants to reach out and chat, is that okay with you?
1: Yes, I am totally fine with that. And you could reach me um, by going to my website, which is genesisomariskemp.net. And it has all the work that I'm doing. It has my book, my podcast, my radio show, a features and merchandise tab. I also have some freebies on my site. So check that out. And then if you also want to send me a personalized email, it's my name at gmail.com.
0: Perfect. And we have all that information for the show notes. So they won't have to go looking around. Just go straight to the show notes and click and it's one stop shopping so you can get directly to Genesis. Um, so ladies, basically what Genesis is telling you is stop seeking validations from, validation from others and all those external sources. Listen to that small vis- small voice within and just don't stop. like keep going. Even if you have to go slower than you're expecting, just keep going
1: you got it ladies. Like you are in it to win it. Just believe in yourself. And if you just want to have a coffee chat style conversation, I'm your girl. Get at me. We're women and we're here to empower one another.
0: Yes. I love it. So thank you so much Genesis for joining us. I feel like we need to schedule another time to have you back on one of a kind you because I feel like there's still so much to talk about and we have to do it before baby comes or maybe we'll let you have baby and settle into that and then we can chat more and see you know where you are with your motherhood journey and how it is having your little munchkin in the world yes I would love that yes because I can't wait to see her and so maybe she could join us on the podcast and make her little baby sounds it's like that's how I I have to get my baby fixed because there are no more babies coming from this body so I'm like anybody that has a baby I'm like can I hold your baby? Can I chat with your baby? Can I smile at your baby so that I can get my baby fixed? Because if I even remotely say to my husband like maybe one more, the look on his face is sheer terror. So I'm like, okay, never mind. I was just joking. I was a lapse of judgment. I'm so sorry. No, no more babies. So I'm like, well, puppy, okay? And he's like, I don't even know about that. I'm like, oh, okay, we'll work on a puppy. Puppy is definitely easier to get than a baby, but. Um, So thank you so much, Genesis, for joining us. And if you found this episode helpful, please feel free to share it with a friend because the more the merrier. And if you'd be so kind to leave a review for this episode, um, I would greatly appreciate that as well. I take the time to review all the uh, reviews, review the reviews, so that I can ensure that this podcast continues to be a place of support and guidance and a one-stop shop for resources um, because let's face it, us moms and us women, we have to stick together. So thanks so much for tuning in and we will see you next week.